Do you remember why it was written? There were two reasons. Why was it written to this church? To warn and encourage. To warn and encourage. Rachel, you're on fire back there tonight. To warn and encourage. We talked about that last week. That there were two things going on here. He's trying to build the church up to encourage them, to help them understand that what they're doing, they're doing the right things, they're doing good things. But we also know from reading this book that there was some false teaching that was starting to creep into the church. And as we walk through this book, we start to see Paul speak against some of those things to help them refocus on what the gospel is and what God has called them to do. But what we're stepping into tonight in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 3, we start to see that he is trying to encourage the church. Because what he does is he begins to start telling them, basically, that he's praying for them. He's reminding them that, that as somebody who loves them, as somebody who cares about them and what they're doing, he tells them that he's praying for them. And, and this is a good thing. I, you guys like to know somebody's praying for you. Is that right? Do you like to know, hey, somebody's praying for me, somebody's lifting me up to God? That's kind of what he's telling this church here. He's saying, hey, I'm praying for you, but, but what he does and the way he introduces it here is a little bit different than we do sometimes. Maybe I'm the only one guilty of this, but if you ever had somebody come up to you and say, hey, will you pray for me about, and you name it, and you look at them and say, yes, I will, and then you walk away and get about 10 steps from them, and all of a sudden you're like, what was I supposed to pray for? And you've forgotten it, or you've forgotten that you were even supposed to pray because you got so busy. Now maybe I'm, am I the only one guilty of that? I, I know I've been, I, I, I make it a habit now. If you come up to me, or I try to make a habit, if you come up to me and say, hey, can you pray for, I will typically ask you in that moment, can we pray right now? And I do that not because I'm super spiritual, but because I know myself. And if I get five steps away from you and I've told you I'm going to pray for you, chances are six steps later, I'm not going to remember what I told you I was going to pray for you about. So I like to know that people are praying for me. You probably like to know that people are praying for you. And that is what Paul starts doing here tonight as he gets into the chapter, or excuse me, verse one, verse three of chapter one. He starts to talk about the fact that he's praying for them. And he actually breaks it down into two parts. In verses 3 through 8, he tells this church why he's praying for them. And then in verses 9 through 14, he tells this church, here's what I'm praying that God will do in and through you. So tonight, we're going to focus on why he's praying for them, why it's important that he's praying for them. So what we're going to do is we're going to read those verses, verses 3 through 8. So I'm going to ask you to do what I always ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word. I'm going to ask Miss Rachel Parker to come up here and read for us tonight. Rachel, if you would make your way on up here. Hey, y'all, y'all give it up for Rachel. It's her birthday. At Sarah's Happy birthday, birthday, Rachel! And Sarah. Yes, you do have to use this so all the people who listen on Spotify later can hear you. We always, oh wait. Go ahead. We always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love that you have for all, the saints, because of the hope laid in, laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before, and the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, <laughs> our beloved fellow servant. He is, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love and the Spirit. Would you mind praying for us? Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for letting us have um, the ability to come worship you today, Lord. I pray that you will let us 
open our hearts and let us listen attentively and let us just praise you tonight. Name pray, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Miss Rachel. Y'all can have a seat. Ooh, that was really loud. All right. So, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul starts off. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So, Paul was basically saying, hey, church, believers, I want you to know we're praying for you. We're, we're lifting you up to God. We're, we're praying for you. And I said before, I don't know about you guys. I like knowing that somebody's praying for me because if I'm honest with you, I need a lot of prayer because I need a lot of help because I'm a mess without God. And, and think about this. Think about all of the stuff that happens in your life on a daily basis. I mean, school for some of you, work, sports, family, relationships, all of these different things that go on. And, and some days, all of those things are going great, and those are days that we should thank God for those things going well. But some days, those things feel like they're all falling apart. And it's on days like that, sometimes we feel like we're alone. And it's good for us to know that somebody else is lifting us up in prayer, that somebody is going before God on your behalf. And that's exactly what Paul is helping this church understand. He's saying, guys, I want you to know you're not in this by yourself. I'm praying for you, and, and I'm praying for you on a regular basis here. And he goes through there, and he tells them why. He starts in verse 4. He says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now, tell me again where Paul was when he wrote this letter. He was in jail. He was in prison. In prison where? Rome. In Rome. Okay. And who is this? Who is this letter written to? The Church of Colossae. So Rome, where Paul was in prison. Church of Colossae. Anybody know how far those two places are apart? Far. Approximately. Pretty far is a good guess. Again, I'm looking for numbers, specificity. What are the numbers? Anybody have a guess? Wait, wait. What was that? No, that's a little too far. Bring it a little closer. We're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. It's about, it's about 1,300 miles. Approximately 1,311 miles in between those two. Now, think about that for a second. During this time, there are no planes. Okay, you, you can't get into a car and knock 1,300 miles out in a couple days. You can't get on your computer or your phone or your tablet or whatever, whatever and shoot an email to let people know what's going on. You've got these two places that are 1,300 miles apart. And yet what Paul is saying right here is he says in verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. This is a big deal that Paul in prison in Rome, over 1,300 miles away, has heard about what this church is doing. About their faith in God. About how they're loving the other believers in the church. Paul isn't just writing them saying, hey guys, good job and moving on to the next thing. Paul is working to encourage this group saying, we're praying for you. And he says those specific details as to why he's praying. He says, because he's heard of their faith in Christ Jesus. This is another way of Paul reassuring him, saying, I have heard that you have learned and understood and accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He's telling them, you guys, you've heard the gospel of Jesus, that, that you were a sinner, that, that Jesus died on a cross to forgive you of your sin because you can't do anything about your own sin. And you've heard that and you've repented of your sin. You've confessed that sin to God. You've believed and you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus. What Paul is doing is he's connecting himself with them as a brother in Christ. And he's saying, you guys have put focus and attention on that vertical relationship with God. Remember, we talked about briefly last week that when it comes to your relationship with God, there's two aspects to it. There's the vertical and there's the horizontal. And he's telling them right here, he's encouraging them that he has heard about their relationship with God and how they are walking and living lives, walking in a way that honors God with their lives. But then it also says he's heard of their genuine love for each other. Their genuine love for other Christians because their lives have been affected and changed by the gospel because they've taken what they've learned in God's word and they're living it out. Scripture tells us there that they have a love for other believers. He's talking about that vertical relationship and now he's moved to that horizontal relationship. If we've got this relationship here between us and God through Jesus, then it should affect this relationship in every direction with us and other believers. It should actually play out in the things that we do on a daily basis. You've got to remember that the gospel of Jesus, it's not just about you. Yes, my prayer is that you have accepted it and you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, but it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning because that relationship should affect every one of these relationships. And what Paul is saying here is that, guys, church, I have heard about your love for God and your love for each other. And he's letting them know, I'm praying for you because of that. Because we are connected to each other through our faith in Christ. In fact, it's, it's their faith and their love. It says right there at the end of that verse that they are a result. It's a result of their hope. He says in verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. They have faith in God. They have love for others because of the hope that they have in Jesus. Now, the hope that Paul talks about there is not the way that we use the word hope most of the time. Most of the time when we say we're hoping for something, that generally means we're hoping something will happen that's probably not actually going to happen. Like you sit in math class on a Monday and you hope that you don't get homework all week long in that math class. You know you're probably going to get homework in that math class. Or you sit in a service on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and you hope that the pastor is not going to talk as long as he did last week, but you know he's probably going to anyway, so you're going to be there for a little bit longer. It's our hope in things that we really know probably aren't going to happen the way we hope they're going to happen. That's not the kind of hope that Paul is talking about here. The hope that Paul is talking about here, it's not wishing for something that probably won't happen. What it is, is it's hope. It's confidently waiting on something that is guaranteed to happen. And that's what he's saying. He's saying that their hope is in heaven. Their hope laid up for them in heaven. And because of that hope, they have faith in Jesus and they have love for one another. It's a hope of a future based on what God has promised in his word. It's a hope that's eternal. It's a hope that is secured and only secured by God. That's why he's praying for them. Because of their faith, because of their love, and because of their hope. And then he goes on here in the second part of verse 5. He says, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace.
grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. He says they have this hope, they have this faith, they have this love because they have responded to the gospel, which Paul refers to here as the word of truth. He says they've heard it, they've understood it, and it's brought change to their lives because they're living out what they understood. What they've learned about God has changed them, and it's changing the people all around them, around the known world at that time. And they have the opportunity to experience that, to be a part of that, because somebody shared the gospel with them. He, he even names it here. It's, it's that, that guy, Epaphras. And I say this all the time. I would love to see one of you try to name one of your children one of these names we see in Scripture one day. I just I want to see it play out. Epaphras. He said, Epaphras is a guy who shared the gospel with you. And because he shared the gospel with you, you've put your faith in Jesus. You have love for each other because you have hope in something that's eternal. And he did that because he was faithful to what was entrusted to him. And he's commending this man for doing what God has called him to do. In fact, he's the reason that now Paul has heard about what this church is doing. This guy, Epaphras, not only shared the gospel, but now he gives us the indication that he's the one that's brought word back or gotten word back to Paul in prison so that he knows what is happening in this church. Paul says these are the reasons why he's praying for them. He's praying for them because of their commitment to the gospel and their love for each other. And you and I are called to preach for each other for the exact same reasons. About that for a second. You're not called to pray for somebody just because you know them well, or just because you heard they might be having a hard time, or just because you know them slightly. We are called to pray for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ because we share faith in God and because we're supposed to have a love for each other. That's why we pray for other people, not because of what they can do for us. Not because of what other people will think if they know we're praying for them, but because we're called to lift each other up in prayer and to encourage each other. I mentioned before how encouraging it can be to know that somebody is praying for you on a regular basis. Some of you in here, you know a lady who's one of our senior adults by the name of Cynthia Gwynn. Some of you have no idea who she is. When I got here just a little over four years ago, the first time I ever met Miss Cynthia, I was down in the refuge one morning. I think it was a Tuesday morning. She had been up here for senior adult Bible study. And I didn't know she was in this side of the, the campus. And I walked into the refuge to do something down there in the sound booth. And when I walked in, the lights were off. But Miss Cynthia was walking up and down the rows in the refuge and touching every chair. I was like, hey, well, hey, Miss Cynthia, what are you doing? Because she's like just kind of wandering around in the dark. And I'm thinking, is everything okay right now? I don't know if she's lost. I don't know what's happening. I didn't know who she was. And she introduced herself. And she said, I'm just in here praying over these chairs because I'm praying for these students. And, and it hit me then that, that that woman, most of you have no idea who she is. Never met her. Couldn't pick her out in a lineup. Had no idea. And yet she's praying for you. And she's never met you. But she's lifting you up. To know that somebody is praying for you, that is lifting you up before God, that is something that is encouraging. And that is what Paul is trying to do right here. You guys see this bucket right here? 
Anybody know what these are? Cards. These are prayer cards. These are cards just like the ones that were in your chairs that you came in tonight. We started putting these out about three years ago on Wednesday nights, and we haven't done, done it every Wednesday, but we've done it some. There's over 400 filled out prayer cards in this box. I started flipping through them today, and I'm finding, you know, prayer cards from people who are in 10th grade now that were in 6th grade when they filled some of these things out. Yes, I held on to all of them, and I do hold on to all of them because here's what happens. When you turn these in every week, on Thursday morning, I sit down and I pray for you. And, and if there's somebody, if there's another adult in our student ministry that you have a good relationship with and it's appropriate, I will send them a copy of your prayer card confidentially so they can also pray for you. I don't do that with all of them, but I do that with some of them. You see, guys, we, we do that as leaders. We do that as adults because you need to know that no matter what's happening in your life right now, even if you don't ever turn in a prayer card, someone is praying for you. Because there are other believers in this church, in this body, that love you and that care for you. And even though they don't know you, they know they're connected to you through Christ. So they lift you up and they pray for you. There's over 400 cards in this box. I know because I counted them. It took a while. But every one of these has been prayed over. Guys, prayer is a powerful thing. And we don't do it because of what we get out of it. We don't do it because of what someone else will think of us if we pray for them. We do it because we are connected to God and we are connected to each other. That's why Paul prayed for these people in this church. He didn't know them. He didn't know their names. He didn't know the things that were going on in their lives, but because he was connected to God, he was connected to them. So he lifted them up in prayer. And that's what I want to encourage you to do tonight. As we get up, we're going to pray in a minute. We're going to sing two more songs. But when that first song starts, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you are physically able, I'm going to ask you to pray a little bit different tonight. We've done it before. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees before God. You can do it where you are. You can come up here to the altar and do it in front of these steps. And I want to encourage you and ask you, Pray for the other believers in this room tonight. Now, I'm willing to bet there's people on the other side of the room or maybe even two rows from you and you have no idea what their name is because you've never even talked to them before. But if you're here tonight and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus and they put their faith and trust in Jesus, you are connected to each other because you are connected to him. And Paul tells us we need to encourage each other. We need to lift each other up in prayer. So my challenge for you tonight is spend a few minutes. Don't stand up and sing immediately. Spend a few minutes and pray for the other people in this room. Because when we do that, we all get to know somebody's going for us, before the throne of God, and lifting us up. And we are not doing this life alone. We are not doing this walk, this faith thing alone. We are surrounded by people that love and pray for each other. Let's try that. And if you have a prayer request, feel free to write it on that card, drop it in that basket, or hand it to me when we're done tonight. You will be prayed for regularly. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can come together, God. We thank you that we can know you, that we can trust you, God. We thank you for Paul. Thank you for a, a letter to a church 
written hundreds of years ago to people that we don't even know. God, thank you that that can be an encouragement to us, God, to know that just praying for each other can lift each other up. God, I pray right now that as we spend a few more moments worshiping you through song, as we worship you in multiple ways tonight, help us to have the courage to get on our knees before you and lift up people in this room that we may not even know. God, help to connect us to each other because of our connection to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.